Welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani, recorded here on Monday night, headed into Tuesday. And after a bit of a hiatus here this summer, we are back having a fun Brewcast, hopefully, uh, with you here today. And uh, just good to be back with you, fellas. Anthony, Chris, how you guys doing, man? Uh, I'm glad you said fun, because... We could all use a little bit of fun. Um, it's good to be back. Um, I think in a lot of ways, since we last spoke three weeks ago, I think most of it, I mean, we're all in the state of Michigan. I feel pretty good about where we're at right now. Um, the rest of the country, maybe not so much. I mean, if you're someone listening to us in the South, uh, stay safe and, and wear a mask and wash your hands and do all that stuff we've been telling you to do for three months. Because they're all kind of going through what we went through back in March and April. So uh, that has a couple, you know, we're going to talk about the state of college athletics heading into the fall and all these players returning to campus and what's going on right now across the country. But um, as far as what where we're at and what we're up to, um, slowly but surely, uh, the layers have peeled back enough to where I feel like you can have somewhat of a normal semblance of a life. So. I took some time off a couple weeks ago. I know we've taken time off from the pod. It's just good to be back. So glad to be talking with both of you. Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, as frustrating a time as there's ever been in the world of sports and just in the world of news. I mean, I mean, we're I, I, we've reached the point during this quarantine, during this whole process where people are just we're, we're begging for good news at, at this point. You know, I it's been. Even with not even including COVID, it seems like every week there's been uh, another story about something miserable. I mean, the one thing in the last couple months that we everyone has been able to latch onto came in the last two days because uh, what's happened in NASCAR of all places, right? So I mean, it just kind of shows how much people are just searching for good news in the in the world and, and good news in the sporting world. And it's it's been very frustrating living in seemingly the worst timeline. Over these last couple months, you you want to believe that we're starting to get out of it, but I think with and we'll talk about this a little bit more on the show with recent spikes in certain states. As much as some people might want to believe that the worst of it is over, and that may be true, um, this enemy, this this entire process of COVID, is far 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 from over, and uh, the. The, the sports that we love are still very much going to be impacted at least for 2020, probably into 2021, as much as some people might not want to admit it. Well, some good news. It sounds like uh, came out here tonight. I, I mean, it started as bad news earlier in the day with the, uh, the MLB players union rejecting the deal put forth, but it sounds like the owners have voted to, you know, implement the 60 game season. It's going to rely on, uh, the players answering a couple questions tomorrow or something. Chris, I'm sure you have a lot better grip on this than I do, but it sounds like late July we might have uh, half a baseball season. Well, we're going to yeah. try. Um, we're going <laughs> to try. I, I think that the, the whole negotiation process has been a complete farce and a disaster, and I will spend many more podcasts on Locked on Tigers uh, ripping into these negotiations, both from the players and from the owners. I, I think that they're, you know, you can toss blame more at one, yet probably the owners, but I think everyone uh, has made this this entire process into a joke. But 
look, you got to try to play. I was telling Anthony this before the, the the podcast. If you start the season and you get 20 games in and, you know, you see a, a bigger surge in COVID, you know, uh, you know, test people testing positive and you're forced to cancel the season, that would suck. But at least you played, you know, that's that's the one uh, thing you you needed to have. And and the thing is, if that happens to baseball, it's going to happen to other sports, too. We don't want to see it. But the one thing that would have been a guarantee kill shot, a guarantee, you know, death of death in the sport um, would have been not playing a season at all. And as much as they have seemingly tried to make sure that doesn't happen, it looks like Rob Manfred has finally kind of broken the glass and pressed that uh, big red emergency button implementing what is uh, hopefully uh, a 60 game season that can begin here pretty soon. What yeah, do you I mean? Think- baseball, right, baseball's ahead. coming back. Yeah, I mean, like baseball's coming back, but, um, and I'm just glad seemingly we might have something to watch, but at what cost to, I mean, they've tanked their, both the players and the owners have tanked their credibility. I think that Rob Manford and Tony Clark are a joke and both Completely. guys need to be gone before they do their next CBA, uh, which is coming up in 2022. Um, it's it's something, but it's I think the damage has been done there too. So no, for for but, sure, for sure. I mean, but, it's it's a you know last ditch effort. You know, it, it, they have done the bare minimum possible to make sure that any ounce of popularity of, in the sport doesn't go extinct. But uh, I'm not going to act like this this is a victory because this is far from a victory. It's it's an objective failure. But they have found a way to at least save the sport for the time being. Well, let me ask you this, because we saw a couple things. First of all, I saw, you know, the Phillies closed their spring training uh, facility with a with a couple positive tests. They were doing some deep cleaning and things like that. Um, Is the MLB using hub cities or a hub city like the NBA is? No. And I think that's where uh, they kind of made a mistake. Now, there's they've been throwing around ideas. I mean, literally just throwing stuff at the wall to see what was going to stick for months. The original plan, and I remember making a video about this like in April, the original plan, somebody brought up the idea of playing the entire season um, in Arizona. They kind of view that Arizona had had not as many cases as some other states at the time. They thought the idea was that you would play, you know, a five or four or five month season. Um, and you go back and look at it. It was a bonkers idea, and, and base. But the issue that you ran into is essentially your sep. It's not like the NBA, which is just doing playoffs. You're playing a full season, essentially separating the players and the managers and the coaches from their families for four or five months, only allowing them to go back and forth from the stadium to the hotel. Um, you know, crazy stuff in place like not showering at the ballpark. You have to do it in your hotel room. Just insane stuff. That was the original plan. Then we kind of started to see uh, a bit of a drop in in COVID cases, as you know was was the goal with the nationwide quarantine. And they brought up the idea of you know playing it at at home stadiums with full travel, just with no fans. Um, and be- because of that, now we're back at you know kind of square one to a certain extent. Seeing these cases go up, like you brought up with the Phillies training facility and the Blue Jays training facility, I think personally, and I. All of us have taken COVID incredibly seriously. I mean, how can you not? You know, if you have half a brain, it's been a, a, a huge deal. I will say, I think the reaction to the Phillies and the Blue Jays uh, facilities being, uh, you know, uh, seeing a spike or a surge in COVID cases is a bit of an overreaction because I'm just simply, I'm just not surprised 
by that happening. Just because we've seen cases go down across the country doesn't mean that when you get all these guys together, you're not going to see a certain spike. I mean, that's kind of the goal was not to eliminate the virus. It was to flatten the curve. And I think as long as you're making sure it's somewhat contained, doing the cleaning like like you brought up, may, having access to as many tests as possible, I still think it's very it's very reasonable to believe that you can play a 60-game season and not have to worry about uh, canceling it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, and it kind of segues into, I think, where we're starting to get college kids back on campuses now. Mm-hmm. And the big thing today was, or as we record here on Monday, University of Michigan announced that they will be doing on or in-person instruction this fall. It's going to be kind of a... Um, lecture hall slash online hybrid in a lot of things in a lot of areas. Um, But we already have student athletes back on campus. We have positive tests coming through. I mean, the big story of the weekend was I think LSU had 30 players and Clemens had 23 or 28, whatever the number was. Um, Part of this being a novel virus makes that a little bit scary. And I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not uh, a doctor, not a medical professional. It's a little bit scary that we don't know a ton about this virus. And, you know, there are some people saying that there are there are after effects like scar tissueing in the lungs and careers could be affected. Like I said, that's scary. Um, but at the same time, if if these players are coming in and they're asymptomatic and they're they're clearing these these health and wellness protocols, whatever they may be. A lot of schools have been kind of quiet about that. I think that Michigan laid it out about as well as they could have. Um, If we're going to move forward with sports at all, if we're going to move forward with being back out in society at all, there are going to be positive tests. Like as long as people are being tested, right. There are going to be positives. So I'm not, First and foremost, you hope that everyone is is as okay as they can be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's scary that uh, there, there's still not a consensus whether you can asymptomatic patients can spread it. Can't they? Can they not spread it? How does that work? Who's at most you know most at risk? You hear people say, "Oh well, uh, the younger people aren't at risk and they can fight it off." In theory, yeah, especially when you're talking about athletes in peak physical condition, but it's still. You know, it's a risk that everyone's taking. And, you know, when you see stories about these colleges coming out with maybe we should have them sign waivers, waiving their liability. And I don't think that's right. Uh, but at the same time, I get it because any sort of return to normalcy without, you know, I don't know if a vaccine is the end game because I don't know how realistic a vaccine is because we don't have vaccines for the flu. We don't have it for the common cold. Um But until there's some sort of vaccine or preventative treatment, we're all taking a risk uh, by leaving our houses at all. And and like I said, it's uh, it is scary to think about. But I think part of the news cycle being every time a player player or players test positive, especially if they're asymptomatic. I'm not going to say that's not newsworthy, but I don't think it's as big a threat to the college football season in September or any sports season starting up in a couple months that I think some people are making it out to be. Um, that's not me downplaying the virus. It's not me downplaying the threat, but I think that's just kind of where I see it right now. And uh, 
I'm not asking anyone to take unnecessary risks, but I think we're all taking risks by doing anything that's not staying in our house and like we were the last couple months. So that's kind of where I'm at on it right now. Well, I think there's obviously a, a ton of questions that still need to be asked. You know, you, you mentioned the players uh, specifically about, you know, they're getting the, the virus and whatnot. But, you, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, you look at the Big Ten, there's not a lot of super young coaches in the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh, I believe he's in his 50s. He would yeah, qualify, sure. oh. qualify oh. As, as an at-risk, you know, individual with his right. age and, and whatnot. Absolutely. So, there's there's a lot of those guys that you're thinking about too and how does this affect everything and i feel like we're so far away from a decision i know you you talked about president schlissel talking about you know we're we're a couple weeks away from knowing um and i think college football i'm still like i'm hoping that we get it but i'm wouldn't necessarily be surprised if we don't you know, because you think about the NFL, I think we're very likely to have an NFL season. You know, they they're getting all this time to prepare, unlike any of these other sports. You know, it, we, we saw it today. The NFL is coming out with uh, tiers within their own organization's buildings. You know, they're, they're going to designate who can go where just inside the building, you know. And they're going to have passes that allow you to access certain points or don't allow you to access certain points in the building so that they can contain it as much as possible. And while college football makes a lot of money, we know that I'm not sure that they have the structure to be able to do that, especially across the entire college football landscape or when you're talking about just 32 NFL teams. And then you also have on the flip side of that is that each state has kind of been left on their own to make their own decisions regarding right. this virus. And obviously, you know, and that's been a disaster. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, well, well, Michigan schedule, you have Michigan state is, I believe this year, the only other Michigan team on the schedule, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it, that, that poses a lot of things, you know, they're supposed to go to Washington week one. I mean, do we really think that's going to happen? How do they, you know, they're going to charter a plane there by themselves. And then who knows, are they going to have to take tests to get into the state of Washington? Are they going to have to take tests to get back into the state of Michigan if they come back? Like there's so many ifs and ands and buts. Like I wouldn't be surprised maybe if they play just the conference schedule this year. I mean, I think that's something that they could pull off. Obviously, I don't expect a lot of fans to be there, maybe like 25% capacity. I, I think there's a lot of co- more questions you know, that need to be answered than have been answered to this point for college football. I, that's everything you just said. I thought was a great point because I, I remember when all this started to go down, you know, we went into the, the full nationwide quarantine. It was either just before or just after St. Patty's day. And at the time, you know, people were saying, what about college football? And you're thinking at the time, like, well, man, I mean, that's so far away. I mean, we'll be, we'll have it under, under control by then. Oops, because even though I was even though the other day I was still like, well, it's a ways away. Not really, because we're a month away from what was supposed to be media day and like a month and a half away from practicing or probably even less from practicing, really, you know, really starting and getting going. Um, they need, you know, some sort of protocol in place within the next month. Uh, and you know, maybe that will involve only playing uh, a conference schedule or something. It'd be. I think it will go beyond just 
we're going to play it the way, the regular way we were going to play it just with limited attendance and more, more testing. I think there's going to be a few more wrinkles thrown into this, especially as certain, you know, cases in certain States continue to spike. I, I would agree with that. I don't think, I think there are a few scenarios in play. The one that might be your saving grace in playing the schedule as is, or as close to as possible would be not, you know, maybe pushing back the start of the season a week or two, um, which is weird. Like, I don't know how that would work because they're trying to get students off campus and back home by Thanksgiving break. So that would kind of put you, if you're looking to have the Ohio state game that weekend, that kind of puts you, um, you know, you don't want to keep more kids on campus than you have to. So that would be one thing in play. The other, and I talked about this on the website a few a few uh, weeks ago, would be playing the schedule kind of like a conference-only schedule, like Luke just said. Um, I think the proposal I put out was you basically play it as is, except it'd be 11 games. Uh, you're going to play everyone in the conference except for Iowa. Yeah, that's the way I have it here. So you don't play September 5th at Washington. Your next two games, which were supposed to be Ball State and Arkansas State. Well, I'm not bringing any team from the South up here right right now. So, um, and Ball State, it's Indiana. But again, if we're playing a conference-only schedule. So that, the schedules didn't line up for Iowa to be a part of that because one of those games, I think they would still maybe keep the Iowa-Iowa State game. Um, I don't know. But uh, basically, my proposal there was you leave the schedule as is. And you open September 12th against Illinois at the big house. And then you go to Northwestern to play on September 19th. And Michigan loses a home game in that. Yeah. But if you're Michigan, I think you're just, I mean, it doesn't really matter because if the gate's going to be what it is, I think you can, in the way Northwestern is basically a satellite campus for Michigan grads to go to games to anyway. So uh, if there are fans allowed. So that's kind of how I see like it might happen. I think that especially with how this, you know, wouldn't it be something if the, none of the Southern schools played football, but like Michigan, you know, the big 10 played a, a conference only schedule or um, something like that. I mean, I, the South, the South has proven itself to be so stubborn and stupid on a variety of things, you know, as I wave my hands at, the state of the world right now um, <laughs> they're they're going to power through and play football um but like i said I, I don't i wouldn't be surprised if they just play the conference only schedule and then pick pick their playoff teams out of that which i mean if they even have a college football playoff i don't know i think i kind of think there's the whole argument here in getting things back to quote unquote normal is the money that's on the line um if you if Michigan doesn't play football this year, I believe that's a hundred million dollars out the door for Michigan athletics. Right, and you start thinking about other, you know, there are just sports. You know, I know they're Michigan and they're flush with cash. There are other sports they have that will not survive that, um, and that's something that they'd be dealing with for years. So, well, that's that's um, kind of like the the catch twenty two that a lot of these schools are in, right? Is that they've fought tooth and nail as institutions and along with the NCAA to mention that they are students first and they're athletes second, you know? And if you have, you know, Michigan plans to have uh, students on campus 
and whatnot. But what if that changes? You know what I'm saying? If that changes and all of a sudden they're not welcoming students on campus because of fear of this or other schools, like you mentioned in the South, Clemson, Texas, you know, Alabama, LSU, if they're not going to do in-person classes, how would they be then be able to turn around and justify having the football players on campus because they're not professional athletes? They're students first, athletes second. They're not, quote unquote, professional. This is not professional sports. Yet you have, you know, that many figures. You have nine figures on the line across the country yeah. in college football. So it's a it's a huge catch 22. And I think there's one more giant hurdle that we need to overcome not only as a country, but particularly in the state of Michigan, because up here in the UP, we're into phase five. We're pretty much full blown back open. The same with Northern Michigan. You know, you guys down where you are, you're in phase four right now, but we've got the 4th of July coming up. And I know for a fact, people from Florida, Arizona, people from all over are going to be flooding into the state of Michigan, coming home, people that have moved away and that are going to be coming home. They're going to be partying. They're going to be celebrating. There are bars and restaurants back open. You can you can social distance as much as you want, but that's not completely safe, especially if people decide not to wear masks when they're back. I think the 4th of July is going to be a huge, huge hurdle that the state of Michigan in particular, because we're talking about Michigan football, has to overcome because if it doesn't, that is going to be – you're going to see – the cases resurge two weeks after before you know it, it's July 21st camp is supposed to open in August. How are you going to be able to justify that when the cases, if the cases completely balloon at that point? So the 4th of July is going to be a huge hurdle in us understanding if there's going to be college football or not. I would say the 4th of July and the, the amount of cases we see in, in light of what, what goes on. Uh, after the 4th of July weekend. I mean, that's that's an excellent point. I think we, we saw a little bit of that with Memorial Day. I think we were worried about that. But even then, the nation was so, at, at that point, was so locked up pretty tight that mm-hmm. we didn't have to worry about it. But yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be very telling. It just, and I think potentially how sports handle themselves over the next couple months will be determined by what cases look like following July 4th weekend. I would. I want to yeah. say, if you want college football this year, wear a mask, man. Like, yes. honestly, you, you see the studies that have come out. You know, you can go find the studies. It's probably our, our best defense against transmitting the virus. If, if you want it, just wear a mask. You know, you, you wear a shirt. You have to wear a shirt. You got to wear shoes when you go into stores. Just add a mask. That's it. You know, keep a box yeah. in your car or whatever. I know you can buy boxes of masks now. Just just do it. It doesn't have to be on for very long. You get your grocery shopping done in about 30, 40 minutes. It, it sucks. I get it. But if you want college football this year, you might have to make a little sacrifice here for the next couple of months. I just want football, man. I was I was thinking about it the other day. I'll just be bummed. Like I'm like I'm on YouTube, like watching old Michigan games and whatnot they got some good ones on there like condensed games and stuff dude it's awesome and i'm just gonna be bummed first of all i'm gonna be bummed regardless because the stands aren't gonna be full and as we know college football pageantry it's one of the things that makes college football what it is i mean i'm not gonna complain and say we should have full stands by any stretch of the imagination it's just gonna be something that bums me out because i know that that is almost a guarantee at this point that is the new reality here for 2020 but i really don't want to not have football i need my saturdays man you know what i'm saying yeah. 
So, no, completely. Yeah. And I, maybe I'm maybe I'm selfish in that. I don't want any of the kids to, to get viruses. I don't want them to put themselves in harm's way or anything like that. I just know I'm, I'm going to be bummed if we don't get football. So I'm doing everything that I can to, to try to ensure to make sure I'm not, you know, out here spreading this virus or, or whatnot. So, I mean, it's re- it, it really just is a small personal sacrifice to make. Like, it's right. not once you put one on, like I remember early on in all this, the first time you put out a mask, it was really super uncomfortable and you kind of felt like you were living in the end times, but yeah. um, we're going to bounce back from this. It's um, we're going to bounce back. We're going to be fine. Um, you just hope that, like I said, we've sacrificed a lot. I mean, no, no basketball tournament, no sports for, you know, by the time July rolls around, it'd be what almost five months without sports. Like that's a that's a big sacrifice, not just for fans, but for the industry. I mean, the ind- the industry's lost a lot of good people. Coworkers of mine have have lost their jobs and, and are on to different things now. Like it's extracted a heavy toll. But if we don't play football, like for all the talk about how baseball is America's pastime and oh, we're going to try and get back on July Fourth and bring the country together. Baseball isn't that anymore. Right. It hasn't been in probably 20 years. Football is what will bring this country together. And if we don't play football, I don't know what things are going to look like in the fall, but uh, I don't want to be in that timeline. Right. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Well, no, I'll just say, I mean, I'm as big a baseball fan as anyone and can openly admit, yeah, it's not. It's not the sport in America right now. Football is. But I mean, I will just say just in general, I I don't believe it is selfish at all to want football or to want baseball back. I mean, sports to so many people, including I think I speak for all three of us, provides a level of catharsis that you just that a lot of people just don't have when that outlet is taken away. Like, I think that's been the toughest part of this whole pandemic is like if, if sports were going on, I think we'd all be fine like you know there'd be some struggles you know we people would be wearing a mask but at least we'd have something it's it's becomes a very difficult thing when all your outlets are taken away i I mean i'm not gonna you know i don't want anyone to to weep for me but it has been remarkably frustrating to get a job doing a baseball podcast baseball podcast only to have baseball canceled for the first four months you're on the job i mean that's not exactly an ideal situation but a lot of people have tried to fight through it so i mean no it's not selfish people people want it back people do at this point kind of need it back it provides an escape and a catharsis that uh other outlets just don't provide I'm just hoping that a month from now we get to discuss how none of the writers, none of the analytics like FBI are giving Michigan a chance at all. You know, I'm hoping we're talking about that in a month and not what could have been, you know. So, yeah, hopefully can't we just can't we just get back to our our good old fashioned public discourse about how Jim Harbaugh can't win big games. I'm so excited to talk about whether or not Jim Harbaugh should be fired this year. It's yeah, just I, I'm be, excited to be great. <laughs> All righty. I think that'll uh, just about do it for this week's brewcast. I'll have Chris let us know where we can find you on social media, my man. Oh, well, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0. One four there, you'll find the links to some of my several of my other outlets. I'll start with my YouTube page, which is in the link to my bio on Twitter, reviewing movies, posting uh, video essays about film. Really want to get the numbers 
up on that. Let's get to a thousand subs. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can monetize that thing. You can also on that page, find the link to my other podcast locked on tigers at locked on tigers on Twitter. Currently, posting podcasts three days a week. That could change here uh, pretty soon, depending on uh, if there's baseball season, which kind of starting maybe, hopefully, uh, to seem like there will be. Please follow me. And I'm on Instagram as well, Chris Castle 95 updating stories every day or so. Chris Castle, C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Please follow me on all those platforms. Anthony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Uh, follow the website. At Maze and Brew, get our, our shows wherever you get uh, your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, we're growing our YouTube page right now. We just hired Steven Ossentowski, formerly of MGO Fish. So doing some pretty awesome recruiting videos that he'll be doing on our page. So please subscribe there. Um, I have an email newsletter now that is pretty much the everything else but sports aspects of my personality. Uh, the next time that... There will be one out after this show comes out. I will have a review up of the Iron Giant. I reviewed yeah. Batman 1989 uh, last week, and I also did a Star Wars release order thing. So the name of my newsletter is Brew Media. It's in the bio of my um, of my Twitter account. I actually have been working on a logo today I'm kind of excited about. So subscribe there. It gets sent right to your email. Uh, once I get to 50 subscribers, I'm not quite there yet, I have a digital copy of uh, of a Star Wars movie to give away to you. So the latest one, episode nine. So no free ads here, but uh, those are getting a plug in for another project for a change. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Gierdi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Go give me a follow on there. Love to chat, have some discourse. Also follow the Brewcast Show Twitter page at Brewcast Show. That's going to do it for us here this week on Brewcast. Had a lot of fun. And good being back after a couple weeks off. So that'll do it for us here today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcast by searching Mason Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. For Chris Castellani and Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.